Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Chris, Chaos Movies, been ages since my last episode. Um, just been super busy with private life stuff and um, I suppose I was waiting for the, the right movie to come along to, to have a little yarn about and um, you know what happens to be the movie Prey. Prey is the... I guess you could call it the prequel to the first Predator back in 1985 starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers. And this this particular movie is probably the toughest movie to make, in my opinion, because it's a horror, um, extraterrestrial-type monster movie where, you know, it's it's got a lot of unbelievable fans out there i'm part of a page on facebook at the moment and i didn't realize that predator went as deep as comic books so when i was jumped onto this group and i started you know interacting with some posts i soon found out that i didn't have that much knowledge in the comic book world and so i was like wow i only knew predator from when i was like 11 it came out, I watched it, it was the scariest thing I've ever seen and it opened up a world of nightmares for me and it took me a while to get past it. Somewhere along the line, I guess, I I became completely um, passionate about this, this particular um, monster that had been created in such an early time that it became the, the coolest thing I've ever seen. And still to this day, <clears throat> I I haven't found anything cooler i mean you could probably say most recently vecna in stranger things season four it was pretty cool you know he had a couple of attributes that sort of look like other other monsters that we have seen before in the past um you know um if you look at every monster that's ever been created there's always similarities but predator is probably the one that just was it was such a solo monster. It was such a creation, especially back then. I mean, seriously, the mask, the dreads, the some sort of fishnet um, bodysuit over, you know, over the over the um, the torso and the skulls hanging, and the big feet and the the hands, and of course all the technology that comes along with it such a crazy monster and that that's what drew me in so when when we when we look at movies and we think about prequels and sequels and all that kind of stuff you know it's very hard for them to kind of predict what the people want and that's that's one thing I try to get past I try to go okay let's just look at the fundamentals of the show or the movie and go right what can they give us and to be honest Predator Predator 2 both of them brilliant um, watch them now and you'll obviously find your holes and all that kind of stuff, but it's it's in the past. So history is always going to be different when you're looking at it from the, the eyes of the future. But those two were great. My all-time favourites. Um, then you, you move forward into um, Predators or Predators with uh, Adrian Brody and uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Topher Grace and... Uh, Masha Harley Ali, I think, is also in it. That was a great, that was a great um, watch. I, I really enjoyed that. It was totally different, you know, the predators from our world versus the predators of their world on a planet, um, or some sort of um, 
uh, not a state, but like a like a reserve reservation in an off planet world, and they do their thing, and and you know it had some sort of it touched on some of the Arnold Schwarzenegger pieces, and and you know I really liked it. Now this is where I first understood that Predator had many different masks. Now if you're a mad comic book fan of Predator, you would realize there's elders and there's certain types that have different masks and so on and so on. And you would see that in AVP2, um, AV, sorry, AVP1 and 2 and whatnot. They're a totally different franchise. It's separate, completely separate. And when they made Predators, I was, I was, I was pretty happy with it. I thought it was great. Um, moving on to um, The Predator, which was the latest installment to the franchise and it was directed by Shane Black and he played originally as an actor Hawkins in the first Predator movie alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger he was the tech guy the 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 um communications expert on the on the team and he was always cracking jokes in that film which gave you a little bit of lightness to that movie but he became the director of the of that latest Predator movie, and to be honest, I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. <clears throat> I suppose he was thinking for himself, and how do we how do we make something cool and edgy and whatnot? A big predator coming down to take care of the little predator, but there was so much comedy, and it was just a. And then they pl- they touched on Gary Busey's Gary Busey's um, history in Predator Two as the special investigations unit tracking these aliens and they used his son Jake Busey in the Predator movie, the Predator movie. And it just didn't just didn't gel. It was such a weird such a weird experience because it had so much technology in it and so but so too much humor. Boyd Holbrook did a good job. Um his voice sort of carried through the movie like, you know, there was such an urgency to his to his voice the same way there was for Arnold Schwarzenegger, the same way there was for um, Danny Glover had a deep enough voice to to carry out that urgency of there's a threat and we need to we need to take care of it, but it's also like nothing we've seen before. But the humor was just too much for me in that in that movie. So when when the when the trailers started coming out for Prey, uh, first up, love the title Prey because it gives you sort of a a look from a you know you don't know who's the prey, who are they talking about. And Dan Trachtenberg, um, oh Trachtenberg, uh, he is the director of the latest movie Prey. He is also the director of Ten Cloverfield and The Boys, which is on Amazon. It's that superhero movie, but they're bad and it's quite violent, vicious, and whatnot. It's pretty cool. Uh, Dan really did some good work on this film. I did a post on Facebook today. And I was just like, "Thank you, Dan. Thank you." Like. It's really hard for me to touch on the Prey movie and sit down and watch it and just be completely blown away like it's the first time I've seen it because I experienced it when I was 11. So it's going to connect with me at a deeper level. But that was with the first Predator. In this movie, it's more like uh, the prequel where it's set in 1715 and it's the Comanches um, in rural Canada or the hills of Canada. Um, and there's a, a, an army that they're, I suppose they're hiding from, which turns out to be the French army of 1715, 
which when you watch the trailer for the first time, you kind of think Comanches versus Americans, Marshall Service or the Texas Rangers or whatever it is, but it's not. This is the French-Canadian um, army and then they throw the Comanches in. So this this whole story sort of opens up because that time period, there was a lot going on between those two nations and this predator arrives and the lead character played by Amber Midthunder, which that surname, I mean, clearly after doing some research, it's got some connections to ancestral Comanches and um, they do sort of give special thanks to the Comanche tribe or the nation in that time at the end in the credits. It's really, really good just to see how effective hunters really were back then in their tribe and how they weren't willing to give her a shot to hunt even though she just wanted to hunt. I suppose women in that tribe weren't meant to be hunters. They were meant to be gatherers and um, medics, so to speak. But she just wanted to hunt. She was just wanting to be a hunter. Her brother, um, Tabay, I think it's Tabay, um, was a was a really good hunter, and of course he became war chief at one point. Um, it was it was just really refreshing to see a prequel where we have the most efficient hunters from the Comanche tribe and we have the skies opening up to some alien craft coming down who clearly, um, if you're listening to this, I'll probably just run through spoilers for anyone that hasn't, but uh, this predator arrives and you see it within the first five to eight minutes of the movie. Now, the most, the mystique, the mystique around the predator back in the very first film was that you didn't see it. You got glimpses, but you didn't know what you're looking at, but you got the sounds and the noises and you didn't see it until the very end, which was fucking spectacular. So we already have, we already know what it, what it looks like now. And in this film, they, they show it straight up and you get to see it sort of track down the predators of whatever species it can come across. It doesn't want no prey. It wants to, prey on the predators the best of the best so you'll you'll soon see as the movie starts to go on um the level of violence in this film is very well it's perfect um for a predator uh and i really enjoyed the special effects part of it um i found out later on at the end of the movie just how much uh work was done on the special effects so that's really interesting. Do a bit of research and you'll find out just how much work went into it. And if you really, really dig into it, you can go, okay, what do they need special effects for? Well, <laughs> just, just, have a, just have a watch and you'll see. Amber Mid-Thunder really clearly owns the movie, um, obviously, because she is the main. But her, her tribesmen uh, do very well. They're, very, they're, they're, they're warriors. They are absolute up for it the the use of the bow and the arrow is amazing their tracking skills are off the off the charts it's just really well implemented stages throughout the movie that just keeps you sort of or sort of guessing you don't sort of worry about where they're going with it you're like okay 
Um, yeah, of course they have some dialogue from the first movie, but let's just say this is the first movie now. That's why I think it got such high marks. That Prey has now become the first movie before the first one that we saw. So you, anything they say is kind of legit to their 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 way of life. So like the, the the term, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Now we heard Arnold Schwarzenegger say that in um, in the first movie. Well, they say that in this movie, and to be honest, that wasn't cringy at all it wasn't sort of out of place it was perfect because they are the true hunters um they are 100 percent attached to the land everything so they know about hunting that's what makes this movie great and you know i don't i I'm suppose there's some you could say there's some plot holes in it but i don't i don't really look for it i was just really really happy with how it went down i i was really like stoked about the mud scene so Obviously, in the original, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, accidentally got himself into some mud and then he found out that the Predator couldn't see him. And as much as I had a problem with that first movie is that his eyeballs aren't covered in mud, so clearly they're going to give off heat and the Predator could pick up on his heat signature. But in this film, they use a totally different angle, even though they entice you with mud during the start of the scene. And um, you're sort of thinking, oh, okay, this is where they're letting you know where she's she's going to figure out mud but then it just disappears from that scene and you're like oh okay so we're not we're not focusing on that um we're just we're more focusing on the predator building up his skills and taking out certain levels of predators along the way until he reaches like the one that he wants and clearly amber midthunder um who plays naru in the movie turns out to be the the one that he needs to win as a trophy along the way in order to probably sort of cement his position with his own people back on his alien planet. But, you know, the helmet was a little bit of a problem for me, but I suppose I've got to be open-minded. It's a different time that we watch it from now. And, of course, it's from the 1715 era, so therefore he's the first one here. So his mask is kind of technically – it's very, very um, technically advanced. But I just – I know that first one from the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, that mask just gets me. I mean, those dreadlocks and that mask, and it's it's, it's my favourite. It's always going to be my favourite. I mean, there's the hunter mask, there's the there's the jungle. Um, there's so many different ones. If you jump into the comic book world, you can just see all these different types of masks. You see them in Predators. You see a couple of the different masks, and, yeah, they're kind of weird. Hey, like, really weird for me. I just love that first one. But in this one... You know, it does good. It's got a lot of tricks and things to the mask. I do love that um, when interview was done with Dan, the director, that he sort of mentioned that he didn't want this Predator to have a plasma cannon or a plasma blaster because he thought that it would just be at a disadvantage to the movie in that era, given that they only worked with bow and arrow and spears um, and tomahawks handmade, which is kind of good because I suppose... We weren't. We still would never be as advanced as they would be. But in in um, predators and the predator, um, or predator and predators, those two, we all have gunpowder. Whether it's Uzis, um, uh, handguns, or uh, mini guns, or AK forty sevens, or a sniper rifle held by the Colombian. Um, uh, chick in that movie 
well, I suppose the plasma cannon kind of is their their weapon. So that's you know, it's kind of cool. I suppose they know what infrared is, so when they see it, they know that someone's targeting him. But in this in this franchise, in this movie, the Comanches don't know what infrared is. The dots on their shirts, they're going to look at them and go, what's this? What's this? I've never seen it before. So to have a plasma cannon is kind of a bit unfair. But instead, he has metal arrows that are tracking um, tracking arrows between the, the laser pointer. And, you know, it's very, very fun. It's the, the gadgets that he has and how Naru figures out what they're – what their use is and how she can use them back is just brilliant. She, she just suits it. And even, even to the point when she's wearing the, the, she's got the black makeup or shadow underneath her eyes that throughout the movie, it washes away and fades. And, you know, that's kind of cool because sometimes they have a movies have a, a problem with getting every scene, every cut, every take exactly the same way. So if it rubs off a little bit, it's there and then it's not there and then it's there. So you sort of go like that broken glass window or a broken car window in certain movies where you'll watch it and the window's there and then it's not and then it's back and you sort of go, hey, guys, come on. It's a bit, you know, that's a bit slack. After all, these they're paying a lot of money to make these movies so they should have a um, set production person that's on point with it make sure everything's in place for each take and her makeup was was there and you know it was just it was just it was just great and the bear scene with predator and the use of the the beaver hut um that's in the water the dam that she hides in and this bear the trailer is very misleading in that fight it just shows the bear getting taken out by the predator but man the predator gets fucked up and it, it messes with his cloaking device it's great. And when and this is where the this is where the CGI pops into it. Apparently MPC, which is the visual effects company on board with this, had six hundred and thirty-five um oh, sections or scenes or um 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 stills to work on. So they given like six hundred and eighty-seven staff members to work on all of these special effects. I looked at it and I was like, wow, that's so many. The credits went on for so long, letting everyone know who the names of these people are that worked on it. And I did a little Google search about it and 632 frames. You look at it, you think about it, you go, okay, right, when the, when the predator boosts the bear up above his head and it's just pouring out with blood, well, first up, you've got a CGI'd bear, then you've got CGI'd blood, and then you've got a CGI'd cloak device to predator monster that is already CGI'd. And therefore, the blood pours all over him and starts to take form and shape. Well, there's CGI there, not to mention probably the background. There was a lot of work in giving us the best possible realistic look at CGI animals, the, the mountain lion, the bear, the wolf, the snake, the rabbit, all of that stuff. Just You didn't even realize. You probably didn't even realize it was real. And, you know, I was... I was just blown away by all that kind of stuff. So at the end of the day, the music was just really impressive. It's great because he seemed to have tackled what we wanted to see. He didn't really go off on his own tangent and go, this is – or maybe it was what he wants. Maybe he was a diehard fan of the Predator franchise and he was just like, okay, this is what I think I would like to see. And he did that. Shane Black fucked it up with his comedy 
And, hey, that's fine. Maybe that's what he thought we wanted to see, but it's not what I wanted to see. I'm sure some people loved it. Yeah, there's some cool scenes in it, but the humour just the humor just fucked it all up. This is serious. This is a fucking Predator. Predator's nuts. He comes down to take your skull as a trophy. And they don't really do much of that in The Predator. But in Prey, oh, man, he wants your skull. He wants that spine. He wants, he wants to take his skin off. He wants to do everything, and he does not disappoint. So if you haven't seen it, um, you know, give it a watch. It's on Disney Plus in the star section, and you know what? I really wished they had taken it to the cinemas. It would have been a great film to see in the cinemas. Don't know why they did. Maybe they were worried about it and didn't think it was going to do well, but it really would have cleaned house if it went straight to the the big screen in VMAX or, or whatnot. It was just a... It was just great. It was it was it was dark. It was it was cut off. It was kind of like the Revenant meets Predator, where it's like in the in the big hills of Canada. It's dark. It's ashy. It's you know. It's it's just a. That's all I can say. It's just got it's got so much. I'll watch it again. I don't have Disney Plus. I had to go to a mate's place to watch it because I refuse to have Disney Plus. I've watched all the Marvel movies, so why do I need it? But Unfortunately, this movie is out there and I'm sure it'll be up to be bought on Apple Apple Movie. So I'll, I'll buy it then and just re-watch it and just check out a couple of little more finer details. And, you know, just really impressed. And I know they've kind of left it open. There's a scene with the pistol that she holds and that pistol has got a name on it and a date. And you would see that pistol in Predator 2. Uh, Danny Glover holds it at the end. So there's a sort of a reference to that. The comic books go a little bit deeper with that reference, but I'm not I'm not a comic book person, so I don't I don't care. I just like to think that, that that pistol ends up in the hand of the alien race because it was like a an appreciation token to them. Like maybe they're big bold enough to do that. Maybe they're like, Thank you for sending your best hunter down and we, we defeated your hunter and here's your, you know, thank you and respect for the you know the world of hunting so here's a here's a gun we need offer you I, I don't know it seems a little bit weird that when this predator comes down and kills your fucking brother and half your tribe that you would give them a an award but um different times maybe that's them being civil who knows but it's in predator 2 with denny glover from 1992 and you'll see that that revolver uh not revolver that um that handgun from 1715 so you know Brilliant watch. If I gave it a rating, I'd just be like, that's a that's a 9 out of 10. Um, personal reasons, 10 out of 10 for 1985 Predator because I just I just, I just just loved it. it. It hits me right when I was a kid and created so many nightmares that I couldn't let go of for so long. But now I just come to absolutely love everything about it. So I'll give that one a 10 out of 10 and this one a 9 out of 10. Um, but it was really fun. So go have a watch if you haven't yet and, uh, you know, let me know what you think. As always, appreciate you having to listen to me crack on about certain things and uh, catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye.